the crew teacher said to me as well, said, Naira, well, somebody of your physique, you should become a boxer. I thought, a boxer? The professor says this to me, you are naive if you ever think that you could do a PhD in mathematics. It's not just a, a story just for, for black people. It's for everybody. You don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. We're joined today by Naira Chamberlain, mathematical modeler, president of the Mathematics Association and mathematics communicator. If it's okay with you, Naira, I'd like to start just with some phrases or, or clauses that we hear in the playground from children's mouths and parents' mouths all the time. Okay, so the first one that I hear all the time is, maths isn't important, every phone's got a calculator. Yep. What, what are your thoughts about when you hear that? Well, I mean, first things first. I mean, the, the first time I really heard that good and proper was um, I was um, asked by a charity called Speakers for School and they said, so, Naira, you know, you're an eminent person and we would really like you to become one of our speakers. And, you know, I thought about it and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do some speaking. You know, I'll go to school. I'll talk about mathematics. I thought, well, yeah, everybody likes mathematics. It's not a problem. So they told me to go to this school in, um, in North London. So I went there and I got my presentation, just, uh, just like a, how I prepare for, like a corporate presentation, you know, start middle, end, <laughs> and I started off saying, yeah, mathematics is good, mathematics is this, mathematics does this, A, B, C, yes, it's all fantastic. And I said, at the end of the 45 minutes talk, I said, right, is there any questions? And this, <laughs> this, this little boy put his hand up and he said, sir, I said, yep, go ahead. What is the point of mathematics? I thought, oh my word. I said, it's like, did I not, did, what did you not, and, I, and I'm not sure for thought, well, wait a minute, I completely lost the audience. I completely lost the audience. I wasn't a, um, let's say, a science communicator or a mathematics communicator. Mm. One of the key things is to know your audience. And the, what they wanted to know there and then is, what is the point of mathematics? Mm. And actually, that is a relevant question. What is the point of mathematics? And they may ask the teacher, they may ask me, they may ask, you know, if they say to, to, let's say, a music teacher, what is the point of music? It rolls off the tongue. What mm. is the point of PE? Mm. rolls off the tongue. What is the point of biology? Rose of the tongue. Mm. What is the point of mathematics? Ah. You know, and, but, and I, I thought about this and I thought, okay, that presentation didn't go down well at all. Mm. My feedback was, was terrible and, and, and <laughs> the last teacher wasn't happy. And, and well, I thought about it and I thought, well, okay, then let me really think about the audience here, let's think about these people that are asking me the question, what is the point of mathematics? And I, I started to think about it and I started thinking about my story and how can I actually communicate this better and deal with the elephant in the room? You know, they're saying, sign, cars, tan, algebra. Why am I learning this? Because I will never, ever use this ever <laughs> again. And, um, you know, and one, one time when I, when I look at other, let's say, communicators, what they tend to do is, and quite rightly, they, well, they will say, well, what is the point of mathematics? They tend to tell them about how mathematics is used in the past. They say, mm. yeah, this is how mathematics is used in the past. You know, the Egyptians, yeah, they built, you know, they built the, the pyramids and everyone's like, yes, and they must have used something like Pythagoras to do that. And everyone's saying, wow, and this is how mathematics is used in the past. But what we tend not to do is we tend not to tell the pupils how mathematics is going to be used in the future, mm. you know? And now, yes, we, we talk about, you know, smartphones and everybody's got a calculator. And yes, the world is becoming much more AI, much more data-driven. More, much, much more data so 
given that the world's going to become much more AI, much more data-driven, the question is, will we be using more mathematics or less mathematics? Mm. We're going to be using more mathematics. It's going to be more mathematics. And we're going to be using numeracy and mathematical and algorithms that's going to be influencing so much in, in the lives. So that's why we need to, to, to know about mathematics, to have the, the ability to challenge things, challenge decisions that we may not understand. And learning about sine, cos, tan, algebra, actually what that does, it gives us that practice of learning to solve problems in an innovative and a creative and logical manner. Mm. You know, those doing sine, cos, tan, it's doing it in a form that develops the, those people's skills of, again, learning problems, solving problems in an innovative, creative and logical manner. Mm. That is why we do mathematics and that's what is the point of mathematics <laughs> i love that and put so succinctly so are there any examples now that you use in your in your uh, lectures and your talks to, to to young children to students that you think oh that that's really engaged them yeah i mean what i used to do um, i mean one of the first things i used to do uh once i you know, they asked me that the question, say, well, what is the point of mathematics? Is I used to have this, um, uh, like a, a hip hop video, and I had to like this, uh, what's called a biomechanics. I had like this computer model of a dancer, and, and you could show that how this, this the, the dancer was moving in this stick, stick movement, biomechanics, and it was showing how all the forces was actually being applied under these, and everyone could actually say, I'd say, look, this is all sign, this is all cars, and this is all how no you can way. actually see. And so henceforth, when they go to the cinema and seeing all this CGI, they actually say, wait a minute, all of this is mathematics. All of this is mathematics. Amazing. And also, you know, I tell them about my journey and how I actually use mathematics. So, so that really and surely that mathematics is all around, you know. Mm. And there's a nice quote that I like. I said, if you go down deep enough into anything, you will find mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh... I like, there's an Einstein quote about uh, mathematics is the poetry of logical ideas. Yeah. And I, I think that, that it's probably not inspirational for children because they're probably not interested in Einstein. They're much more interested in hip hop videos and uh, and your use of maths there. Yeah. But just that, yeah, mathematics is the root of everything. Like yeah. you always find it somewhere. Okay, the next thing I hear in the playground is, I don't need maths, so I'm going to be a footballer. And okay. maths is nothing to do with football. Well... Okay, there's two ways I'm going to answer that, and I will come to the Aston Villa one <laughs> after. I'm going to answer this in two parts. Um, the first part is, once upon a time, I, used to, I watched Match of the Day maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, and let's say it's Aston Villa playing Birmingham City, and, and all you do is you just watch the game, and hopefully Aston Villa wins, and then you <laughs> see the, 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 after the game, you have the pundits, and they do the commentary and say, yeah, the midfielder played really well, that was a defensive foul for the attacker play well, well. That wasn't where it was 20 years ago, mm. yeah? Nowadays, you see all of these statistics coming up, like mm. possession, mm. goals, XG. And XG, and yeah. you're thinking, what? You can hear the record go, zip. XG, <laughs> what is XG? XG 1.9a, and there's an XG, I think XG, and then, then you look into it, it's a, XG is like expected goals. Hmm. And you're thinking, expected goals, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, where did that come from? And because it almost already alluded to the previous question, uh, you know, where I say the world is becoming much more AI driven. Look at cricket, look at tennis, 
oh, that ball was out. Oh, that ball's about to hit the wicket. Oh, and, uh, you know, doing that, that Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. What is all that? Mathematics. Even going back with, let's say, go back to cricket. Oh, it's raining and, the, you, know, the, you know, this team is predicted to win. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Mathematics, yeah. So, and so you're yeah, looking at this XG figure. XG! Mm-hmm. There's some sort of formula, AI, mathematical formula, that shows that mathematics has become much more ingrained into... Mm-hmm. Uh, into, the, into football, into sports. So as a footballer, you're thinking you are actually going to be judged and, and, and assessed on your performance by mathematics and statistics, yeah? yeah, yeah so yeah. so we even thinking, oh, I don't need to know about mathematics. They're going to say, well, how many, how many assists? Once upon a time, nobody considered assists. No, they're going to yeah. say, how many goals did you score? How many goals did you concede? They're going to say, what do you assist? The the players are actually be measured by mathematics. So if you don't know about mathematics, <laughs> you're thinking, oh, I can, you know. And if you, somebody said, well, you didn't do that number of assists, and you didn't hold the ball in that number of possessions, and you didn't do that number of tackles, I don't really understand. Yes, guess what? Mathematics is going to play a very important part in your football career. It will determine whether you'll get uh, whether you'll stay in that team or you mm, get dropped mm. or where you get you get sold. So, yes, yeah. learn mathematics. Aston Villa, I'm an Aston Villa supporter. Yes, I can they, tell, I can we, tell. Uh, we've done really well this season, dear. But once upon a time, we weren't doing really well. And we actually got relegated. And we was down into the championship. And we, we took on a new manager. I won't mention his name. And everyone mm. said, yes, he's this new manager. And then after nine, after nine games, we had 10 points and we was close to the bottom of the championship. Mm. And so the, the Villa leadership decided to sack that manager and bring in a new manager who had a reputation of getting the a, a team into the promotion playoffs, yeah, and the the, the the a local radio station was going, right, Villa fans, we've got this new manager. What is the probability of Aston Villa making the playoffs? And you having all of these Villa fans coming up saying, right, yeah, we're gonna get ninety percent, and then they say, yeah, I said, yeah, sorry, Villa fans speaking with a London accent, yeah, yeah, eighty percent, hundred percent, seventy percent. I'm thinking, what? Yeah, I'm a Villa fan, but I'm a mathematician. I'm thinking. Where did they get those numbers from? <laughs> so what I decided to do is thinking, I'm going to write a mathematical model to try and pr- predict what Aston Villa is going to get, mm. you know, what's probably probability of Aston Villa getting into the, into the playoff. So I, I, I write this uh, mathematical model, did this uh, Monte Carlo simulation, did the simulation, got the results, sitting off to the radio station, I'm thinking, there you go. That's it. Villa fan, there you go. And then uh, to my basement, I got this... Uh, um, email first thing in the morning says can you call me into the radio station and explain this I thought well yes it's on my way to work so yeah I'll pop off in nice, so nice. I popped in and I sat down and the, and the sports presenter says right hold your hats now Villa fans <laughs> we have a mathematician who's also a Villa fan and he can tell us <laughs> what is the probability of Aston Villa making the playoffs Dr. Chamberlain, that's how I was there. Dr. Chamberlain. And I said, oh, okay. Um, well, using some simplified assumptions, of course, it's scientific caveat, using some simplified <laughs> assumptions and running the numbers and running my model, the probability of Aston Villa making the playoffs is 2%. And I said, what? I said, 2%. And they all burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I said, yeah. I said, well, why is 2%? He said, it's 2%. And they will get expected number of points is 51 points, but it's 2%. And uh, then we had, like, say, a deeper conversation. And, like, say, not a lot of Villa fans were happy with me. Mm. But come at the end of the season, Villa got to, so, like, 53 points. And uh, well, I was only sort of, like, two points out, yeah? Mm. And, uh, and and also, they did not make the playoffs, right? <laughs> so, come, uh, come the following year, 
Aston Villa was doing much better. Mm. And I think it was like sort of like 10 games to go, yeah? And, you know, the sports presenter goes, right, uh, Villa fans, what is the probability of Aston Villa making the flare? I said, of course you get all those Villa fans going, yeah, 100%, <laughs> right, is it? I thought, no, come on. So I'm going to run this model again, run this model again. But this time, I'm going to extend the model and run it on every single team in the championship. Okay. Yeah, it's a different model, more, more comprehensive. Ran it. And uh, when I ran this, uh, then, I, then I sent it, the r- results into the, the radio station, and they did invite me in, but they did read out the, uh, what, what, my, what my output was. Yeah. And I remember one of the footballers, was the ex-footballers, he was looking at the results, like, this looks really interesting. And so, what I did, uh, so I actually predicted that Villa would finish, uh, would finish fifth, yeah. would get 76 points, yeah. and I'd say that West Bromwich Albion would finish above them I'd get 80 points. So henceforth, with 10 games to go, I was predicting who Aston Villa was going to play in the playoff. You know, yeah, the, the semi-finals. The playoff yeah, yeah. semi-finals. And, there's, and there's some people, you know, on social media to say, oh, he's wrong. This is completely <laughs> wrong. Nah, you know, you can't use mathematics in football like that. So, come end of the season, Aston Villa finished in fifth place got 76 points, West Bromwich Albion finished in fourth place, got mm. 80 points, predicted it right, exactly. Not only did I do, did do that, I predicted the top five places correctly. The only place I didn't predict was Derby County that went on a crazy, right. old run. You know, it was mid table mm. I made it to, to get to sixth place. So there you go. So I, that's my contribution to Aston Villa. I gave a full warning who they're going to play. So, Actually, I saved after Villa. You see what they're doing right now. They're doing really, really good. So, there you go. I don't need no commission. It's down to you. No, it's down to, to me. That's, that's for free, you know. That's me. And, and that's... You talk about running this mathematical model and creating this mathematical model. That's something you did as a hobby. Yep. But that's also something you get paid to do. That's great. And that's part of your, your job at the moment, being yes. a modeler. Yes. You know, so my, my job is... You know, as a mathematical modeler, you know, some people say, what is mathematical modeling? Mathematical modeling is that you'll see a problem and then you actually will convert it into mathematics. You convert mm-hmm. that problem into mathematics and you make it into a mathematical form. Then you solve it and then you apply that solution back into the real world. Mm-hmm. And then you see how well it does and you may have to go through that loop all, all over again. But that's what I do. You know, I, I like seeing problems and they convert it into mathematics. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I, that's what I get paid to do. That's my job. Okay, so I've got this problem where um, I'd like to know what the lottery numbers are for this weekend. Okay. Can you help me? With that or? yes yes the mathematical <laughs> model for that is you're better to save your money and put it in the bag rather than wasting your time than putting it out to the lottery there you go that's an easy mathematical model to that. That, thank you very much thank nice logical much. statement there there's a, um, a mathematician sir john kingman and he says uh, mathematicians are better if they stay a bit childish yeah. and play the game as a game the key is the key to teaching mathematics is to not flood people with practical problems, rather to say it is the best game that's ever been invented. Yeah. Do you uh, think that's the way forward in schools? To I yes, I mean I think the the, the idea like almost like say gamifying you know mathematics and just saying like here's a, here's a problem, you know yes sometimes we we focus too much not doing the criticizing but sometimes we focus too much on speed and accuracy totally agree get get this get this problem solve it now what do you understand don't worry solve it solve it solve it find the answer find find the answer answer, answer. and then also what you're teaching um, students is you're teaching them to memorize but not to understand now any um, you know correct me if I'm wrong but I'm sure that if I go up to a nine year old and I say to them 
tell me the alphabet, A, B, C, D, all the way up to Z, yeah? If they can do that, I can show them any mathematical formula and tell them to memorize it, and they will be able to memorize it. If they can memorize the alphabet, they'll be able to memorize any mathematical formula. Now they're saying, what do you understand? Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah? So, um, yes, I mean, mathematics is, you know, there was a nice quote that saying that mathematicians are not those who find mathematics easy. A mathematician is those who sees a problem and never, ever quits. That's a mathematician. <laughs> I thought, yes, that's a mathematician. Yeah. So it's actually, you know, you know, if you see these, these those who are like, um, um, who are into games, you know, doing gaming, mm -hmm. do they, I don't know what other games that are out there, but let's say they're doing gaming. I don't see them going to the game and saying, oh, I lost my life. We've seen two seconds. All right, that's it. Oh, I'm sending this, this game back. Yeah. I've given up. Oh, this, 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 this uh, game is not relevant. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the same with mathematics. Is You know, you do mathematics, you see the problem, I get the problem wrong, and then you ask the question, so why did I get the problem wrong? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I make an assumption wrong? Am I using the wrong formula? Did I make a numerical mistake? That's all part and parcel mm -hmm. of being a mathematician, mm -hmm. and that is an, an important life skill. Is it an important life skill? It, it makes me think that potentially we need to pose more problems to children that they can't solve, okay. because we find this, especially with some of our most talented mathematicians, yeah. in any year group, that you give them a tricky problem, and they get stuck, and they don't like it. Yeah because they're not used to being stuck. They're used to just knowing everything straight away and they can just work through it yeah. and they don't experience that I'm stuck. And then if they do get stuck, they think that's a negative thing. Yeah. And we need to reshape that, remodel that, don't we, As That's a positive. Yeah. Let's think about what we do know, how else we can approach this problem. And sometimes, you know, let's say for instance, it's almost like bringing much more uh, mathematical modeling into the into the curriculum, you mm. know? So one of the questions that I, 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 I've, uh, I've posed and written a, a recent paper on is, here you go, you know, this, this is what you could do with uh, uh, pupils in school, and you know, secondary school would say, how many seats should I have in my canteen? I'd ask them, how many seats should I have in my canteen? I'd say, well, first, first thing is, they go, well, how many, uh, how many children are there in, in this school? Well, 200, and then they would say, oh, we should have 200 seats. I'd say, okay, and then you ask the question, so, well, do, you, do all those 200 children, do they go into the canteen at the same time? And then, then you start framing it, and then you start talking about people coming at a different time and how many. Again, it's asking those mm. questions. Now, that is being a mathematician. Mm. You know, the, a mathematician, you know, the, the question, let's say, oh, right, get this number to multiply by that number. Yeah, that is the building block, but that is only part of it. The whole universe of mathematics is that poetry of logical mm. ideas mm. that is useful for the life. Because at the end of the day, we will counter things that may be logistical problems, financial or, or whatever, that we, uh, or statistical or analyze, that we do need to do that poetry of logical mm. ideas. Mm. That mm. and the art of, let me say, the art of problem solving, you know. Mm. Show me somebody that does not want to do the art of problem solving and I'll tell you somebody that will be, will be dependent on everybody to say, give me the answer, give me the answer, mm -hmm. give me the answer. Mm -hmm. I need the answer, I don't understand, give me the answer. And they will, they, they will not be having, they can't influence the decision. Mm -hmm. They will be just the receiver of decisions. That is the power of mathematics. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Uh, when I think about a, a key stage two example, so uh, maybe children who are eight or nine or 10, there's lots of those children will know um, that seven times seven is 49, and, uh, but it's just a learned, memorized fact, as yeah. we were saying earlier. And maybe we just need to pose some problems around that and get them to th not just be happy that they know seven times seven is 49, but what else does that tell us and, and how can we apply that elsewhere? Because 
some children then won't know other facts in their seven times table. And maybe if they were familiar with uh, the, the seven by seven array and they were able to manipulate that, and, and I love double-sided counters for this, so looking at seven times seven and just breaking it up, what we would know as the associative law of multiplication, but children just thinking about, oh, I can break this into five times seven and two times seven. And now any number in my seven times table, if I know five times that number and two times that number, I, I've got a strategy and I can, I can apply that understanding to, to other numbers rather than, oh, I know seven times seven is 49 because I've, I've remembered that one, but oh, eight times seven, no, not, not got a clue. Or 13 times seven, Oh, that's not in the seven times table because our seven times table only goes up to twelve times seven. Yeah, I, you know, I do remember um, probably my first not numeracy question, but I can remember my first mathematical question I received. It would have been either in nursery school or infant school, hmm. and I remember the teacher, whether she was brave or whether she's been innovative, <laughs> she she uh, she said in front of us, you know, and she said, okay is three plus two equal to two plus three. And I remember looking at it and you're hearing all the, the, the biggest voices in the room going, no, and you have somebody going, yes. And I'm looking, well, three plus two, well, that three equals two plus three. Well, I'm looking at it, well, that three over on that side doesn't look like that two on the other side. So I'm shouting, no, three <laughs> plus two does not equal two plus three. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm looking at it from a picture. Of, but it's that whole understanding and, and then did she actually explain Because I'm sure we was guessing and we shouting, yes or no, or yes mm. or no. But, mm. And then just showing that, Three plus two when you add it up, and it equals five. And when you add two plus three and you add it up, it's five. So it is the same. That was my first bit of aiming about understanding as opposed to speed and accuracy. When you emphasize speed and accuracy, all you're doing is memorizing, memorizing, mm -hmm. memorizing. Mm -hmm. And but the problem with memorizing is when a problem when you come across a new problem which is novel, mm -hmm. uh, which is not established, what are you gonna do? Mm. What are you going to do? You want to you want to have that flexibility to say, right? Let's try this different approach. Now, problems in life, problems tends to evolve, and never, and, and sometimes we have to be flexible in times in trying to find the solution. So, if we teach mathematics in the way that it's rigid, but guess what? You get you get rewarded for speed and accuracy. Full stop. Then the then the student will will to say to succeed in mathematics. All I need to do is memorize. Mm. But and then once they've memorized it, and they come up, come across a problem, thinking I've never seen this problem before, mm. because they don't understand. Yeah, mm. they don't understand, and that's that's what I would like to see where we are somehow we can actually test understanding because mm. that's where the beauty of mathematics is. Whether pure applied, mixture or two, it's the understanding. Mm. That's the beauty of mathematics, mm. and then you get to that stage where you say, oh then let me experiment and then let me generate my own problems and experiment and let's see what I can find out which is new. But once you memorize, I'm memorizing, memorizing, but that's mm. is it. Where does the creativity, where does the innovation, where does that come? If you just solely say memorize, mathematics is purely about memorizing. Mm. No, memorizing, guess what? That's what the computer's there for. Mm. That's mm. what the computer's there mm. for. If you're memorizing, we were talking about jobs, you know, AI jobs, that, you know, jobs on the threat from AI. It's all those things that you're memorizing. We just mm. put it on a computer. There's a computer for, do you know what I mean? Mm. Away. But that creativity, creativity, mm. you know, that mm. flexibility. There are certain things that AI can't do, yeah? Mm. We talk about that gentleman, he was, I believe it was Laplace, that paper, mm. pen, paper, you know, paper, pen or pencil paper found that 
that do for the world up in the, in the sky, you know, and say out there is a body that not even light can, can escape from it. Now he didn't know that it was called a black hole, but he just mm. said this phenomenon. Mm. Now if you said to AI, find me a new phenomenon in space, AI wouldn't know what to do. Mm. But mm. if you say to him, oh, can you discover me a new planet? Well, it says, well, given that planets have this uh, property and they mm. and we see that this star tends to wobble because there must be a planet or a moon. Mm. This is what I'm looking for. But you have to give it specific instructions. Mm. But to say, find a new phenomenon in space, mm. which we do not know about, AI can't do that. Mm. And somebody memorizing can't do that. But this creativity, creativity creates new knowledge. Mm. And that new knowledge, once it's founded on a logical foundation, then you say, we got something. Mm-hmm. That That's is the, the power of mathematics. Can we fast forward to a time when you got some careers advice? About 15, and so I went to the career teacher, and uh, the, you know, so, 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 right, career teacher, the career teacher says, okay, what, what would you like to be when you grow up? I said, oh, well, I wouldn't mind doing something that involves, let's say, mathematics and, and logic. And he goes, well, the, teacher, the career teacher says to me as well, said, Nara, well, somebody of your physique, you should become a boxer. I thought, a boxer? I thought, yeah, you should become a boxer. Now, at that age, you know, when you're around about 15, you know, you've probably, you know, you've put, you know, even though you don't, some people don't think so, you tend to put your teachers at a higher level. You think that the teachers are the font of all knowledge, you know, mm, very, mm. yeah. And so I went home and uh, told, my, uh, told my parents, uh, told my father, I said, look, yeah, the teacher says I should become a boxer. Mm. And my dad says this. He says, Lara, so he says, yes, dad, you don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. I thought, what? I says, he said, yeah, yeah, you don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. I says, but that, 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 the, the teacher says I can be a boxer. I said, no, <laughs> listen, you don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. Now, my dad worked in a car factory, so I didn't like, I mean, there's a teacher, yeah, mm. wrongly, wrong assumption there by me, but I'm being honest, that's what, I was, that's what my thinking was at the time. And so I was only, let's say, half believing what my dad said, you know, so I decided actually, yeah, I will go on and do my A-levels, and then I went on to do my degree, did my degree, and I was very much, let's say, a fan of mathematics, but, you know, but I was always thinking, you know, there's this career teacher that says, you know, uh, you know, be a boxer, like, and one of the things that's not known is a number of people have actually repeated that a number of times and say, oh, Dara, you look like a boxer, or you should be a boxer. Oh, Dara, have you thought you look at your jawline, you should be a boxer. Doctor says, oh, you got this jawline, you should be a boxer. Or a teacher, even a, I remember a lecturer at a university said, Dara, you should be, a, should be a boxer. But I do remember what my dad said. He says, you don't need anybody's permission to be a, a great mathematician. And it was only, but the only time it really um, hit home to me, was when one time uh, I wanted to do a, uh, a PhD. Uh, I thought I got to the stage where I, got, I was encouraged to do a PhD. So I went to a, a university and, uh, and uh, said, no, I want to do a PhD. You know, did, did my application and got invited to the interview. And the professor says this to me, he says, Naira, you are technically weak and naive if you ever think that you could do a PhD in mathematics. I thought, oh, you know, that's that's my mathematical journey over. You know, when mm. you think you reach that 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 glass ceiling, you know, mm. and that was me. That was me done. And then what, what dad got in contact with me again. He said, no, you you don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. I thought, so why why did the lecturer say that? Um, I think it, I think it's the was the 
I was, um, I think it's a combination of two things. Was I, was I weak? Um, my best, my best guess was, um, you know, I got a B at GCSE. Uh, I didn't do that well in my A levels, but I did reasonably well. I did reasonably well in my mathematics degree. Two, 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 one. Got it. Got a masters. Uh, was I? I was much more of a mature student. Hmm. Uh, uh, Combined then. So was he thinking? Uh, and I will use the word diversity in, in all different dimensions. So was he thinking about the, the typical student that to do a PhD is maybe somebody that's done well at GCSE, done well at the A levels, done very well at the very first class at the, at the, at a at university, and and they are first they're twenty one and they're coming in to do mm. a PhD. Do you know what I mean? So coming out, um, so I'm, I'm older. I've got this, in, you know, and it seems like my experience out in industry didn't really, really count. So maybe he had this notion of what a successful PhD student looked like. And maybe there's this person that's coming in who is older, mm. you know, not, doesn't, doesn't look like a mathematician, look, probably looked like a boxer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Growing up when you did, there were... There were prominent boxers yep. on the television yep. and you're a boxing fan oh yeah um and lots of these boxers look like you yep from similar backgrounds to you big muscular black yeah, men yeah. is that was that the career advisors thoughts looking back now do you think yeah I'd, I'd, is, is this yeah I, I, su- I, subconscious I, racism yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say uh, you know he looked at me and I mean the boxer at the the boxer at the time uh, at the time was that uh, everybody was talking about was was Muhammad Ali you know I am the greatest mm-hmm. ever said mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali was was articulate and he said I am the greatest and just to go on a little bit of a tangent you know about Muhammad Ali when Muhammad Ali says I am the greatest he wasn't absolutely saying I'm the greatest boxer but what he was saying to, to everybody is be I am the greatest version of me. I'm the greatest version of myself, and he's telling everybody, "Be the greatest version of yourself." You know, I am the greatest. Now, he, Muhammad Ali lived at a time when, you know, let's like say African Americans were living in a, in, a, in challenging times where they couldn't be the greatest version of themselves. And mm. this is what Muhammad Ali said: "I am the greatest version of myself." So, yes, being, you know, being being black, you know, probably wasn't as muscular as I was then, but probably was getting into that. That, that mode they, oh yes actually I was probably bigger than most do you know what I mean that's mm. what they're thinking well actually the we, we, the most successful route for you to go down is to, is to be a is to be a boxer mm. so you know I would have to say you know you know I can state the facts and people can make up their own mind but in my mind is yeah was it to do with race yes it was to do with, do with race was you know was a professor was it to do with yes race you probably was to do with race and other things as well but it's all to do with it was all to do with diversity this is what I believe what a PhD student looks like. They have this background, they do this, they do that, mm-hmm. A, B, and C, and, and that's what that's point through. And it's so, and it's so, it is so wrong because at another day, as a, as, a, as a country, as a world, yeah, we're faced with much more, we're going to be faced with challenging problems, very, very, very challenging problems. And, you know, we, you know we, we're talking about climate change, we're talking about the cost of living, and other things we, we can be faced with challenging problems. And to solve those problems, you need a diverse team, diverse thinking, 
diversity, you know, when I talk about innovation, innovation comes from diversity. It's about, let's say, you know, you're, you're from Yorkshire, I'm from, I'm from Birmingham, but we sit down and we talk and we, there's ideas that, that we that we could come up by from your experience that I don't know, my experience that, you know, we, we, combine, to come, we combine something together that comes up with a solution mm-hmm. to a problem because at the end of the day, I'm a... I'm very much, a, uh, my, my mathematical strength is I'm a product of diversity by, by meeting so many diverse mathematicians, scientists and engineers from all around the world who've been telling me, say, and I've got this idea, and those kind of ideas, and then we combine it together. My te- what my uh, career teacher said there, he, he said, you know, you, you call it subtle racism, maybe he didn't know at the time that there was actually black mathematicians working for NASA. Do you know what I mean? Mm. At the time, you know, Catherine Johnson was working for NASA at the time when he said that statement. Did he know that? No, maybe because she was a hidden figure, but that was, that was the thing at the time, you know. Was the was that professor? You know, he looked at uh, certain, certain this point A, B, C, and D. I decided that I could never do a PhD. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Thank you for 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 sharing that. It, it just appear, it feels ironic that he told you you were naive. Yeah. I don't I don't think you were the naive one. Um, there's a, a 2007 report by by Warwick University. Uh, and this is into the achievements of ethnic minority pupils at secondary school. And it found that when, even when a child's family circumstances and prior attainment were taken into account, black Caribbean students were only two-thirds as likely as white students to be entered for the highest level of maths exams at 14. Uh, do you, when you talk to schools... Is I know you're talking about maths and kind of promoting that, but how do you promote diversity and and where do you think the changes need to happen? Okay, so um, let's say sometimes through speakers at school or through, sometimes through other science communications. Um, one of the things that I I find you know, I do like I do a lot of talks and there are probably three talks that I do which I'd say these are my A game talks yeah. Mm. One of them is a, it's called the Black Heroes of Mathematics, where mm. what I do is I do, it's a mixture of technical and testimony, where I actually go through my journey and say, this is, this is where I am, this is how I started. I started off as being the, the, the enthusiast, you know, the, the passionate enthusiast of, you know, you know, this is mathematics, it's wonderful, this enthusiast, and then you hit that, wait a minute, you cannot be a mathematician, you know, to be discouraged, to be ignored, mm. to be marginalised. And then you get to that point where you, you actually get that idea of actually thinking, but wait a minute, what my parents said was right. And get that challenge of thinking, actually, I should be, I should be a mathematician, mm. you, know, and, you know, pick it up and, 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 go, and go for it. And then I'll show so the other stories of other, you know, inspirational black mathematicians that uh, face barriers that overcome it and see what they and see what they've actually contributed not to mathematics but to the world. And there's this important story that say that mathematics is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mathematics is for everybody. You know, though I I talk about black mathematicians because it's my my lived experience and I'm talking about his passion. The 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 big story out there, the big take home is that mathematics is for everybody. And no matter who you are, you don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. And I have, 
and I've had mathematicians who are of different race, different faith, you know, different, you know, different diversity, and they come up to me and it says, Naira, you, you spoke to me, I don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. I had a good, good phrase, Mexican, comes up to you and says, Naira, I don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. It's something that they've, they've picked up and run with, because it's not just mm. a, a story just for, uh, for, for black people, or for people of African uh, uh, descent, it's for everybody. You don't need anybody's permission to be a great mathematician. I've, I've heard you say that talent is distributed evenly, but often opportunity isn't. Yep. Yes, and that's uh, that's that's you know, that is always uh, let's say that that's always a challenge. You know, sometimes when you you know let's say you look at, for instance, look at corporations, and you look at the uh, you look at the top of the board, and you say, oh, but I fundamentally believe that talent is equally equally distributed. That's where you got to start off. You, everybody got to start off with believing that talent is equally distribu equally distributed. So. If I sit with a mathematician, they may not, you know, somebody that says a mathematician, they may not look like me, they may not sound like me, different background, different class, but I sit with them and I says, okay, so let's talk mathematics. Because I do remember one time uh, I met this when I was doing my PhD, I remember meeting this uh, 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 Iraqi mathematician, female, you know, different background, different race, different, uh, different class, different, everything different. But the only thing that we had was mathematics. And so we was talking mathematics, God, like a house on fire, do you know what I mean? And, and she, 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 uh, she gave me ideas of how I could actually accelerate my, my PhD. That's the beauty of it. Hmm. That's the beauty. Hmm. That's the beauty. You know, mathematics is that, is that universal language where you can talk to anybody around the world, do you know what I mean? And for, for, to, to think that one, only one group has a monopoly of mathematics. Hmm. You, hmm. This group has the monopoly of all future mathematicians will come from just this group. All mathematical problems will be just come from just this one group. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is you're actually hurting the field of mathematics. Mm -hmm. the, the whole of mathematics gets hurt by that. It makes me think, I spent a lot of my teaching career teaching in really deprived areas of Barnsley. Yeah. And I spoke to uh, Sonia Thompson recently um, and Tracy Adams, and they teach in uh, St. Matthew's School in Nietzsche's, quite a deprived area of Birmingham. And what you're saying just makes me think, uh, you're talking about mathematics and depriving the field of mathematics. And I think about those year one children, so five, six years old, who have, like, talent is distributed equally. Yeah. So they are, the, the year one children there in Nietzsche's, in, in Barnsley, are equally as talented yeah. as the year one children in Surrey, in Essex, in yeah. Cornwall, in wherever, and yeah. deserve the same opportunities. And wherever we teach, we should be looking to nurture those yeah. opportunities. A number of years later, uh, when my son was going to infant junior school, uh, a teacher asked my son, what would he like to be when he grow up? Mm -hmm. And my son said, oh, I want to be a mathematician. Oh, and, no. And then the teacher says, well, actually, you should become, you know, you, you, you'll never become a mathematician, but you might grow up to become a singer. And he goes, <laughs> oh, my word. And We've so, moved on now. We're not boxers anymore. We're know, singers, singers now. Yeah. And so uh, when I heard that this, I was mad. I was angry. You know, you know, be, the, be like, be the father. Can you imagine yeah. somebody saying, something to your, to your, to your child? Yeah. You're mad. You, I wanted to go to that school find that teacher and give that teacher a piece of our mind mm -hmm, say how mm -hmm, dare you mm -hmm. say this to limit it and I'm thinking what stop you know slow down <laughs> yeah, yeah. is it this they come. isn't this 
what happened to me <laughs> at my school? Uh-huh. Isn't this what happened to me? And, you know, and what am I doing about it? So, mm. you know, I could go and give him a piece of my mind, but the same thing mm. happened to me. Mm. And I'm not even a mathematician at the time. I'm not even doing a PhD at the time, mm. but, you know, so I thought, stop. So then I decided, you know, to, uh, to, you know, to pursue a career. So what did you say to your son that night? I just said, I probably said something like this, uh, no, you, you don't need any, you can do anything <laughs> that you want to be, don't worry, don't let anybody tell you, you know, to do that. You know, if you want to be a mathematician, you go ahead and be a mathematician, but you choose what you want to be and you, you go for it. You don't let mm. anybody tell you what you can or cannot, you can't be. And so for the best teachers, if, if when, when the student sees somebody say, look, I, this is my subject, and one of the things in my job is I want to ter- make this your favorite subject, mm. yeah? That's mm. the challenge. Mm. My challenge today is to turn this subject to be one of your favorite subjects. Mm. Mm. Did that, that's, you know, can a mass teacher do that and look at the, look at the students and say, this is my contract, I'm gonna make this subject your favorite subject. Away we go. So we had Ofsted in 2016 at the school I was working at then, and uh, Ofsted go around and they and they asked the children what their their favourite subject is. And previous to this, we'd had uh, probably about two years. We'd been on our, our kind of mastery journey, yeah. and part of that journey was just flooding the classrooms with manipulatives yeah, yeah. and allowing children not to just work in the abstract, but to to see and feel the maths in all classrooms and all children. And I, I tried to implement where we had the fluency, so we had the times tables and the yeah. number of facts and things like that. Um, we had problem solving, because I think we've always done word problems relatively relatively well, and then other types of problems as well, and so, some lovely types of problems. But then we had a real focus on the reasoning and using the manipulatives to talk through our ideas. And there was lots of really um, like no pressure, no pressure maths, where we just kind of posed an idea and asked the children to think about it and what do they notice about it. And they really enjoyed that. And then two years later, Ofsted came around and they said they they questioned the children about what your favourite subject is. And lots of people said science and PE and things. But the number one subject in the school was maths. And that was a really deprived area of Barnsley. But they just had that attitude of, oh, this is fun, it's investigative. There's no timed element, there's no mass anxiety here, we're just finding out together. That was the key question, what do you notice? That was always, you tell me, what do you notice? Yeah. It was lovely, it was lovely. The, the Institute of Mathematics and its applications and other professional bodies that you're, you're part of, I know you're the president of the Mathematics Association yep. at the moment, um, what, what's the aim of those, of those bodies? One of my gripes was when I was doing Sudoku, when Sudoku was at its height, how mm. did the market Sudoku? This has got nothing to do with mathematics. Mm. Please play this game. It's got nothing to do with mm. mathematics. Yeah, mathematics is, you know, and I will say this, mathematics is indisputably the greatest subject in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Full stop. Indisputably the greatest subject in the world. And we mustn't be ashamed to tell the children, mm-hmm. the pupils, mm-hmm. and everybody that, that mathematics is indisputably the greatest subject in the world. You know, you go down, and like, I know I keep saying this before, but I'll say it again, you go down, in, down, to, down deep enough into anything and you will find mathematics. Mm. You will find mathematics. You'll find mathematical patterns. You see, you look at the, the you, you see how insects and, you know, they organize their, um, their, their communities. It's all based on 
mathematics. Mm. You know, you look at you you look, uh, you look at how these birds you know go flocking. You know, you know, you know. It's all yeah. based on. You know, you see that you see the pattern. You see the mathematics in nature. The Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. it's yeah, it's all there. And we go down deep enough when we find maths, and I feel like we can bring maths to the to the surface as well. Mm. I think about playing dice games with my son, and we we taught him Uno very early on, mm. and he and he loved that, and he saw like the number mm. system, and we play play Catan now, and he realizes that the most probable number he's going to roll is a seven, which is a bad thing mm. in certain situations, um, but he also understands that that there's more probable that he won't roll a seven than he will roll a seven. And he's just picked that up just by playing, just by noticing. I wanted to talk to you as well about um, some of the awards that you've won. Um, and so one of yours is um, that you are the, the fifth most influential black person in, in the UK. And I wanted to know how you felt about that because I'd, I'd also heard Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's a, an astrophysicist, talk about he, he doesn't like it when people approach him and say, oh, we need a black astrophysicist. He wants to be approached because he's a he's a brilliant astrophysicist. Okay. So how does it feel to be the fifth most influential black person in the UK? Okay, you know, so yes, um, I, got, I won that award, I think it was about 2018, so I was, you know, the story, <laughs> I was the fifth. You know, I mean, at the time, you know, you, you're thinking, yes, um, um, you know, uh, you know, they, they had this power list, and uh, I saw who came number one, you know, and uh, I came number five. And you looked at the other people in the list and you're thinking, oh, that means, you know, it means I'm, I'm head of Stormzy and I'm head of Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Thought, and I, I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. You know, I just couldn't believe it. I think it was, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say imposter syndrome, but it's like, you know, it was, it was a real shock. It was a real shock. And, you know, and it, but it was it was a nice recognition of of my mathematical career. Mm. You know, I'm proud about that because each, it, you know, the powerless is a good way of actually showcased showcasing, you know, you know, excellence in the black, black community in in so much different fields. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to be the first one to do to be mathematics to do mathematics, you know, you know, and so the henceforth, people will look excited to look more at people, you know, black mathematicians and black scientists, mm-hmm. black black engineers, and, that, and that, so. But to be the first black mathematician, you know, and to showcase that, you know, I felt really, uh, felt really proud. Now, in terms of the what you're saying about Neil um, deGrasse, um, yeah, you know, I can respect his views and I can understand that, and I won't say no. You must say that, yeah. Mm. But I, you know, but the the way I have, why I do what I do, is, and I go back to my school teacher telling me to be a boxer, yeah. He didn't know that Catherine Johnson was a black mathematician working for NASA. Mm. I didn't know that a black mathematician worked for NASA. I had rockets, toys <laughs> of rockets with NASA on it. I remember me having, mm. you know, and there's me into mathematics, into NASA. But and I was watching all these films about NASA and space race. I don't see no black engineers or black mathematicians or black scientists. Mm. It, it didn't occur to me, you know, it, it didn't occur to me. So henceforth, when somebody says, you cannot do this, I have no evidence, I have no comeback, you know. Mm-hmm. I say, I would like to do this, but do you realise that all the mathematicians look like this mm. and you don't look like them? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, of you know, yes, we were living in the, the day of, of increased social media, but still there's challenges, there's still a long way to a long way to go. You know, our community mm-hmm. is is our community is getting more diverse, but it could be 
you know, it, it can be it can be better. And so to to, you know, I've, you know, working with the, the Institute of Mathematics Application, working with the London Mathematical Society, the British Society of History of Mathematics, working for the International Centre for Mathematical um, um, Sciences, and other, you know, we've we've created an online um, annual conference called the Black Heroes of Mathematics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I do with my research is I take it on myself to find those Black Heroes of Mathematics wherever they are in the world. And the more I look, the more I find. Mm-hmm. You know, I found this group of Brazilian mathematicians. I thought, what? And you know, and getting them to to come and speak at the at the conference, we have um, uh, one mathematician, Angela Tabury, you know, brilliant mathematician. If I hadn't done this conference, wouldn't wouldn't know another. This is another mathematician, Ju Kong, you know, in Canada, you know, work on um, AI and mathematical strategies to to tackle COVID in not one country, nine countries in Southern Africa. You know, we, we we was working here, we're working on one country, you know, the spread of COVID. He's doing nine. I'm thinking, come on. And this is, you know, and this is a mathematician of African of African descent. Those are the stories, you know, yeah, yeah my story. But those, those stories, you know, Andrew Tarabri, you know, Jew Kong and, you know, uh, Edward Goins and others. These stories that we need to know about so that when there's a, there's a, there's a challenge that's saying, oh, there's no black mathematicians. Yes, they are. They are they're out there they're, and they have beautiful, fantastic stories that inspires everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So that's where I have to disagree. Yeah. And, and that's why when uh, Gethy Van King gets in touch and mm-hmm. says to you... Yeah, I mean, the context was, um, you know, after, just after my PhD, yeah. So after the PhD, I was named top one, you know, top one of the scientists. Well, yes, why for... Uh, for uh, developing mathematical modeling applications in industry. Yes, six months later, I get a letter from the who's who saying, yes, uh, we would like you to be in the who's who. And I thought, okay, this is all right. Now the who's who has been around since 1849, yeah? Mm -hmm. And in 2015, this was like 30,000 people in the who's who. Now you get in the who's who if you're, let's say, influential or let's say top of your profession. Mm. And in 2015, there was sort of like 30 mathematicians, I'm right, probably 30 mathematicians in the who's who. And you look at them, they're like, serious. Heavyweights, man. Heavyweight <laughs> mathematicians. I thought, hello. And then, then somebody asked me the question, saying, no, no, are you the first black mathematician to get in the who's who? I said, well, no, I can't be. And I, and I did, did my research, looked at the same, well, surely that mathematician, this British mathematician who's black, she must have been in the mm-hmm. who's who. No. This black mathematician, British, must have been in the who's who. No. And these mathematicians are like... Way above me, yeah. and I've gone back and gone back and gone back, and I'm, I'm looking for records. I'm thinking, that, but there's no black mathematician. I am. There's no great black British mathematicians in the who's who. I'm the first black mathematician in the who's who. Okay, I'm the first black mathematician in the who's who. Not saying that I was better than these other mathematicians. It's just how it happened. I'm the first black mathematician in the who's who, and these mathematicians like that, are like serious heavyweights. But yes. And then, then you get this this message, you know, from Professor Fanke saying, "Yeah, being the first is not it's nothing to be proud of, but it is a calling to ensure that one is not the last. It's a calling to ensure that I am not 
the last, mm-hmm. you know, you know. So and you know, and so there's there's a, there's that mission saying, look, you've made it, you know. And there's, there's that saying is that when you make it, ensure that you 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 push that that that, that ladder down to help those mm-hmm. to climb mm-hmm. that ladder so that they can catch you, match you. And surpass you, you know. It's not about being, hey, I'm top of the mountain. Nobody else must. No, no, mm. no. Do you know what I mean? Where do you get your inspiration? Is it people like Ramanujan, Catherine Johnson? I know Edward Lorenz is someone you 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 like to l- learn about, and Marcus de Soto. You, I've heard you talk about him. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um, um, I mean, I thought I was you know, Marcus de Soto. I mean. When he did his talk in two thousand five, what? Why was that inspiration? It was he's doing his talk, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, he's a pure mathematician. He's going to do pure mathematics, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's a pure mathematician. He's doing computer simulation. What's that? And then, <laughs> and then he's talking about I think it was the prime of prime of music, and then he picks up this trumpet and starts trumpet. playing it. Other, no way. Mm-hmm. It was like the shock, and that is that what that's why I found him. So, yeah. so, so inspiring enough. You know, I've never seen him ever since, but yeah, and I've never gone up to him and said, oh, you, 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 you know, you know, you set me on that course of, you know, when I'm doing my science communication is bringing in that shock factor, that yeah, shock factor. making people's yeah, expectations. You know, you know, you know, and I'm not saying that all talks should be, you know, if all mm-hmm. talks were, or had that shocking, then it wouldn't be shocking, but mm. just to bring in that shock factor. Yeah. So. Maybe he'll watch this or listen to this and he'll, he'll feel like I've, I've inspired somebody there. And then finally, I, I, I think it's a really pertinent story to for you to explain about um, one of the awards that you won, where and you got advice from your son on this about subjects that you should you should speak about and what what was relevant and what would engage people. And this is so important, I think, with primary school, with secondary school, and further education, because you decided to to focus your talks around the film Black Panther. Yeah. Um, uh, and and that changed, didn't it, as you went through that competition process? Yeah, because um, okay, so what we had is uh, you had a, a, a group of uh, mathematicians that formed a social media social media group called PD Article, and what they do is that they they get the mass community from around the world to submit submit articles, and I think they were they were one time they were running low on articles, and they're thinking, oh, it's coming up to let's say the twenty eighteen World Cup, being inspired by the twenty eighteen World Cup, and being inspired by Wimbledon, they're thinking. Can we put on, let's say, a tournament? Let's put on a tournament when we have all, let's say, these mass communicators coming, and uh, and they will submit that article, and then they will put it, will put it up on the internet on this website, and the general public will vote for who, which is which articles they find most interesting, and the one that gets the most votes after forty eight hours will then go on to the next round. Yeah, knockout. Yeah, so knockout. So they had they invited these sixteen mathematicians, and you know they had. You know, most of them, I think half of them was from from this country. The rest were from 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 around the world, and you, they mostly were mass communicators. And you know, some of them like you know worked for you know science programs, and away we go. And then they invited me, and I said to them, "Well, look, I'm not a mass. Well, I am a mass communicator, but I'm not a mass communicator. I don't do it full time. It's mm. not my full time. This, you know, there's my job, mathematical modeling. You know, I'm saying, and then you got all these people that will." Who are paid and very good at standing up, talking. I say, look at this triangle. Look at this interesting. Tri-. And I thought, yeah, I could listen to that. Look at this line. And look at yeah, yeah cool. Look what happens when I do this. Yeah, look what happens when. Very, very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and then so and I said to them, so well, what do I speak about? And I says, well, 
you speak, you know, you're an interesting mathematician. Speak about anything that you find, you think that the general public will find interesting. Mm. So I thought, okay, so I thought, well, the only thing I can do is really just do, um, you know, applied mathematics. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> talking about, you know, everybody's talking. About, all I can do is just talk about applied mathematics. So, so, so the so my first talk, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to get past round one. My first talk was on Formula One and how to stop wheels falling off from a, nice, <laughs> from a you know, nice. and I and I thought, well, at the end of the day, you know, these. You know, these mass communicators, they're much better mass communicators than me. They can talk, you know, mm. articulate. I think, you know, I'm, I can't really do that. <laughs> so what I did is just showed the, did the presentation, had some music, and just showed, you know, so they could actually see almost a month, you know, the poetry, the logical ideas, that, mm-hmm. that logical thought process of saying, this is how I, this, you know, and you had this nice background music. And so, and so I was lucky, I was fortunate that I made it to the second round. And I thought, oh, I've made it to the second round, but if I make it to the final, that means I've got to do, you know, four talks. A number of different different yeah. And so I'm thinking, well, so I know I can do the black, I can do the black areas of mathematics. And I'm thinking, well, black areas of mathematics is my, was one of my best talks, Mm, you know, mm. can I make it into a 10 minute talk? Yeah. Mm. I thought, yeah, I could do that 10 minute talk and the black areas of mathematics, that is my best talk. So maybe... If I do make it into the final, because I was looking at who was strong on the other side of right, the, right. and I felt Matt Parker, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get into the finals, <laughs> maybe I can do them. And then my sons, you know, were saying, "No, Dad," I said, "Actually, you know what your best talk is for this competition?" I said, "What it is?" It says your Black Panther talk. I said, "My Black Panther." I'm thinking, but I've only done that once. <laughs> I've only done it once. And it wasn't even a present. It was hardly on the presentation, so I've only done it once. And what happened was that we, I was invited to a, um, an event uh, down in London. And what I did is I just showed, uh, the, my presentation was, uh, I just showed one figure for my MSc, which was called Impact on an, Adhes- on an Adhesive Joint. I said, look at this energy, and this is how, if, something, if you impact this material with a certain energy, this is how the energy gets dispersed. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, by the way, do you realise that this is quite similar to the to the Black Panther suit in the Marvel? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I do remember watching the Black Panther and I'm looking, looking at the suit and thinking, isn't that my MSc thesis? <laughs> that, that in the bottom corner, just little credit, Naira Chamberlain. Naira Chamberlain. <laughs> There's no credit. Because I mean, isn't that my MSc thesis that I did 25 years ago? Which, you know, because some, some PhD material scientists, they came up with some crazy idea of actually dispersing their energy. And I thought, and they said, can you do the mathematics story? And I thought, oh, that's, that's crazy. Silly idea. And I, like, I did the mathematics and, Submitting and got the MSc and I thought and then I just got the book and put it away and I said I'm not talking about that ever again, again. because it's like <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. This is a crazy idea. I don't know about about this. Got the MSc, put it away and then then I picked it out and looked at them thinking, but isn't this the mathematics that explains the suit? And I said, well, why don't you do that as a as a present as a as a and then someone said, well, that would be your best your that best, is, talk. best best talk. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and because I was getting through, you know, and I thought, well, let me. So okay, I did the black Panth- uh, the black areas of mathematics. So I listened, mm. second round, got through. Did did this something which was related to my PhD, mm. got through, and I'm thinking, right, okay, so let me have a look at this. 
And I was seeing who was coming in, in the final. I thought, Matt Parker, I thought, Matt Parker. Mm-hmm. A million followers, followers. <laughs> all he needs is just a small percentage of those million followers that don't even look at my video. Uh-huh. And he's won. That's it. No problem. So I thought, and I'm thinking, well, because I still hadn't made my mind because I, I hadn't really done this talk. It, it was just a throwaway marker. Oh, yeah, yeah, by the way. Yeah. I'm thinking, well... How am I going to, um, you know, this is probably with my consultancy hat on, you know, my mathematical consultancy, right? How can I actually appeal to get his um, his supporters actually just to even just look okay. at what, okay. what, I'm, what I'm doing? Yeah. I'm thinking, well, I'm surely the, they will be into Marvel. So maybe, maybe that might work, that might work. And so I did this, uh, I did this, um, yeah, you know, explain, I said, this is, you know, and I thought, well, this is a bit... So I did a, like a whole thing about mathematical modelling. It was a whole mathematical modelling, but the main thrust was about the, the, the modelling of the Black Panther suit. And, you know, and we had the music and, and the way we go. And uh, yes, and, and the, the competition started. And at first it was like, you know, you, you could you, you could see the hardcore, you know, Matt Parker versions because to begin with, he just, he just flew off. He went... 70, 80 ahead, 90 ahead. Oh, you could see these like live results. Live see, results yeah, is yeah. like 70, 80, 90 ahead. I was thinking, yes, yeah, so, well. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but after six hours, all of a sudden you actually saw these results was actually tapering. Because yeah. I'm thinking what was happening was people's beginning to look at my, and, it, and, then, and then all of a sudden I started to catch match. And then surpassed because people was beginning to look. Mm. And also, not only was it Matt Parker supporters, it was just people generally, you know, mm. Marvel, you know, those into Marvel, because, you know, even though it's so big now, Marvel was really big then because yeah, he's yeah. coming up to, um, you know, Infinity, you know, Infinity's War, uh-huh. right? you know, yeah. And um, and so I was watching and thinking, oh, this is interesting. This is, you know, and this is, you know, this is interesting. And so I was getting that, probably that wider general public mm-hmm. and also that, that engineering vote and, 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 away, and away we go. So, and so what happened was that coming the um, end of the 48 hours, I, was I, I got something like 56% of the vote. And so I got the title, World's Most Interesting Mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> all based on Black Panther. All, you know. Uh, and all based that. on in, engaging your audience in, in a context that they would understand. Yeah, engaging, yeah, yeah. you know, it's looking at the audience and thinking, what, you know, you know, if it were, you know, if it was the other presentations, probably I don't think it would have won, but because it was, Marvel was so in vogue at the time. Mm-hmm. And I actually said, look, this is how I linked it to, to, to mathematics and say, actually, this is my MS- MSc, and actually the two actually did tie it to the mm-hmm. other, and so mm-hmm. away we go. So, how you go? So it's, it's the mathematics that you dis- disregard, thinking <laughs> <laughs> it, it came out to be useful twenty five years later. Thank you. It just it just leaves time for me to say thank you so much. You're so inspirational, and and you've inspired me so much, and I, I know you will have inspired so many. So thank you for for giving your time today and sharing with us, and. Yeah, just a, a wonderful conversation. So I, I can't thank you enough. Oh, well, thank you very much in, indeed in, in having me. And, and I hope you enjoyed this part, podcast. And <laughs> away we go. All cool. <laughs> thank you very much. What do your children aspire to be? And which barriers have you overcome in your career? Let us know by emailing podcast at whiterosemaths.com or on any of our social media channels. We read and reply to each one and would love to draw upon your thoughts in future episodes.